What is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most, and welcome back to another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. Yes, you are listening to the correct podcast, and yes, this is Connor opening the episode. There is, for the first time in a long time, there's going to be no Zach in this episode, so I took the initiative to plan and write this episode, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. We're going to be talking about recapping the NBA draft. Um, we did a mock draft last week, so we're going to see the results of that. Spoiler alert, we did really bad, um, but I'm pretty sure everyone else did really bad, too. So <laughs> Thanks, nothing Toronto. Too... <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so we're going to be recapping that. We're going to be looking at some winners and losers from the NBA draft. And we're also going to be looking at free agency, which just started today. And boy, oh boy, there's been a lot of moves already happening. There was probably like six moves that were made within the first five minutes, and I was like, trying to keep up with everything. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be looking at that. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And what is going on, guys? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. Uh, yeah, I definitely got to give Connor a shout-out here, first of all, obviously, for uh, coming up with the episode and putting everything in the slides and stuff like that that you're going to see. But I also got to give Connor a shout out for being like our version, the Clutch Crew Sports version of Woj today, because I was at work today and once free agency started, this man was just loading me up with hitting me up with uh updates on players that were re-signing with their teams or doing sign and trades or signing with new teams or whatever. And it was kind of nice because it helped me get more information about the episode while I was working, which I wouldn't have got otherwise. So Connor, thanks to, uh thank you for that. <laughs> and uh yeah just looking forward to bringing you guys a lot of nba coverage tonight yeah it was certainly interesting i thought to myself you know during the nfl free agency i was kind of like that because i had shefty and rap on like my notifications so i was like let me put woge on my notifications so that way i can be up to date on all this stuff so um but yeah like i said no zach for this episode so it's gonna be a little weird for all you guys that listen to us for a while um but hopefully I've written a good enough episode. I'm probably the least knowledgeable on the NBA out of all of us. So it's going to be real interesting to see how this goes. But getting into the NBA draft that happened. So um, definitely, if you look at our mock draft here, we, I've got the sheets pulled up. So we only did a lottery mock draft. Um, you know, we had our Clutch Crew Sports mock draft that we did last week. But all three of us also did individual mock drafts. And as you can see, like I said, there's a lot of red. Um, we all got the first three picks right, which pretty well everyone got the first three picks right with Cade Cunningham going to Detroit, Jalen Green going to Houston, and Evan Mobley going to Cleveland. But thanks to Toronto, that so-called like impenetrable top four, or top five really, because most people had Barnes going at 5-2, the Raptors had to ruin that for us. So we all got pick four wrong, and it just kind of spiraled out of the, out of control from there. Um, the only other pick that we got wrong, I just realized I forgot to start the timer, um, but oh, it's all good. I got you. <laughs> yeah. But the only other pick that we got correct was Eric and I correctly predicted that Jonathan Kaminga was going to get drafted by the Golden State Warriors. Um, but like I said, other than that, we got all reds. So only four correct picks for Eric and I. Um, it was really interesting. Definitely, you know. I don't. I think Eric will definitely agree with me, and Zach probably would have too. That you know, we didn't think the craziness of this draft was going to start at pick number four, but you know, as soon as I saw on the TV that Scotty Barnes was going to Toronto, I knew everything was going to get shaken up after that. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and I know Zach might be 
unhappy about getting last place in the mock draft, but I know he's happy on the inside because because of Toronto uh, taking Barnes that that meant Zach got his boy Jalen Suggs. So I I know Zach is super happy about that. He would probably be <laughs> we, you, normally you could tend to get some rants on this podcast, but you probably get like a five minute rave from Zach if uh, he was on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, there was definitely more things for us to cheer about during the draft um, than there were to get away of. Definitely. I will get to Eric eventually on the Thunder because I didn't put that in the slide here, but I definitely want to hear his reaction to how the Thunder drafted. But going back to the slides here, same as we did last year, we've got four winners and four losers of the draft. Um, so you can see here on the slides, we got the Hornets, Warriors, Rockets, and Magic were winners in our eyes, and losers were the Spurs, Knicks, Lakers, and kind of the NBA draft. I put that on there as like television viewers of the NBA draft were losers in this draft. Um, but I guess I'll start. Seems pretty obvious that I will start with the Charlotte Hornets because obviously, you know, we suffered last year, looked like we were going to have a good team. And everything kind of went downhill after LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward got hurt. So we definitely, you know, and I wasn't too excited about having this number 11 pick. Um, You know, I was seeing a lot of reports that Kai Jones was linked to us for this pick. And, you know, I really kind of didn't want him at number 11 because I thought there was going to be a lot of other players that were going to be available that were better at that point. But surprisingly, um, I was actually reading an article on a different site that the Hornets basically like the Hornets and the Warriors basically had the best drafts. So, which I'm totally excited about because other than LaMelo ball, our draft was kind of underwhelming last year. So um, surprisingly for me, the Hornets were able to get James book Knight, the guard wing out of Yukon, um, which pairs, I think really well with the Hornets offense because the Hornets are a very perimeter based team. LaMelo ball needs good shooters to pass to, and Book Knight's a really good shooter. So coming up the floor, you know, you're going to have Book Knight on one wing. You're going to possibly have Terry Rozier on the other wing. You know, maybe Miles Bridges, too. So Book Knight's going to pair really well. And I'm really glad that they decided to take him because, you know, knowing some of these teams in the draft, they, you know, the Hornets, I was still half expecting them to take Kai Jones at this spot, you know, because obviously center being our biggest need. But thankfully, they made the right decision and went best available because Book Knight, in a lot of mock drafts, like no one really had him falling below number seven, which was the Gold State Warriors. Um, so I was really surprised that he fell to us, and especially when I was thinking that, you know, maybe one of these other teams like the Magic or uh, the Grizzlies were going to take him instead. But he, nope, he fell to us. And then the other thing that the Hornets did, which probably which led to them having, you know, one of the best drafts was we actually made a trade with the Knicks to move up to number 19 in the draft. And thankfully moving up to 19, I was talking about how Kai Jones was, you know, linked to the Hornets. We still got him anyways at number 19. So the Hornets still got their big man. They still got their center and they managed to get James book Knight. Um, the Hornets also drafted down somewhere in the second round. We drafted a guy. I can't remember his name. I think it was um, JT Thor at number 37, a very interesting name. Yeah. JT Thor. Um, we made a trade with the Pistons to get him and then also getting um, Scotty Lewis at number 56. So very good draft for the Hornets. Um, looking for good things out of them this season. You know, hopefully we can follow that up with maybe 
a good move or two in free agency. Um, you know, we're going to talk about that in a little bit because, you know, we had a pretty decent draft last year and then we went and screwed it all up in free agency when we signed Gordon Hayward to that huge deal and brought back Bismack Babumbo and all that stuff. So <laughs> hopefully we don't repeat yeah. the mistakes of last year. Um, but so that's it for the Hornets. So now I'm going to let Eric talk about the Houston Rockets and why we think they're winners. I will say, too, with your thing with the Horn- your dreams of what the Hornets will do in free agency, uh, they can't screw it up as bad as some teams already have in free agency, just with the little bit of moves that have already been made in these first couple hours of free agency here. So uh, so you got that going for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I got to... I got to give the Rockets a shout out. I mean, I don't like Houston, obviously, as a Jaguars fan and a Thunder fan. But, you know, I have to I have to give credit where credit's due here. I mean, the Rockets had a really good draft. Um, obviously, they secured uh, Jalen Green at, you know, number two overall pick. And he had risen up, you know, many people's boards. And so they, they made a great move getting him. He's going to be a great young piece going forward. And, but really their, their other move in the draft that I really liked for them, not for me, but what I liked for them was, because <laughs> uh, Connor wanted to know my picks on the Thunder, so you'll kind of get them at the same time here, but uh, they traded with the Thunder when the, when OKC was at pick 16, and they gave away two future first round picks uh, from bad teams too i think it was like the one i think one was from like the timberwolves and one was from the kings or something like that so like at first glance it sounds like it might not have been a good trade for them to do that but the thing is both of those picks are lottery protected so really in the grand scheme of things they didn't really give up much at all to move up to pick 16 and they got uh that center uh I'm probably going to pronounce Alpern, it wrong. Alpern Sengen or something it's like that. Sengen, Sengen. I forget how to pronounce it. I apologize. But um, he seems like a really promising center, and there weren't necessarily a ton of great bigs at the top of the you know draft board. So for them to get him there at pick 16 uh, was really good, in my opinion. Honestly, I really wish the Thunder would have just stayed put at 16 and they'd been the one to take him because – I mean, while the Thunder need everything, like getting a good big is hard to find. So that, you know, would have been really nice. Uh, that's what I thought we were going to do. And so then when the Thunder made the trade, I was like, well, we got pick 18. They must be thinking they'll fall. And then Houston snags them up. So I I wasn't happy with my Thunder for that. But, you know, I got to give the – like I said, I got to give the Rockets credit where credit's due. They they made a lot of great moves. And they even, even their picks at 23 and 24, too, like were really good. I mean, they they secured four first round picks uh, in the draft. They're obviously a rebuilding team, but I like what they're doing. They're they're bringing in a lot of young guys, and they're going to start uh, you know building it from the ground up uh, instead of trying to go out and overpay for a bunch of you know average role players. You know, instead of overpaying them, you know, by several million dollars, they're going to start by building young. And then that'll give them cap space going forward as well. Like when they, if they want to try to make a big splash, like it could be really attractive for a, you know, big name free agent if they've got a lot of young, promising pieces to bring in somebody later down the road. So I, I like what Houston did here. 
Eric's revealing his a uh, 2K GM strategy right here. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's I mean it's smart, dude. Like, but see, it's crazy though because like the Thunder have done that; they've accumulated like a million picks, but then it seems like they never know what to do with them though. Like that's they just gotta keep acquiring complaint. more. That's all they do. They just keep acquiring more. And yeah, one day. it's like it's it's and, fun. you know what they're trying to do. I'm sure one day what they're trying is like in 2024 or something, they're going to have oh like, like six or seven first round picks. That's probably their goal. <laughs> oh my God, dude. It, I don't know. I mean, like I, I, I'm trying to be patient with the thunder man. Like I, I really am. Like I, I did like the pick uh giddy. Like I mocked him to them in our, yeah. like, obviously like I didn't predict that, but in our mock that we did last week, uh, I mocked giddy to the thunder and I, I'm not going to say like I'm giddy about it, but I, I do think it's a good pick. I like that he's a versatile player because uh, that's really what you need in today's NBA. You need players that can play multi- with it really being more of a positionless game. Uh, you need guys that can play on different areas of the court and not just one position only. Like it's more valuable when you can do more things. So I, I like that pick, but I didn't like them trading away the pick at 16 for two future lottery protected picks that we probably won't even get i to me it was like they did all this work they they traded for plus two with that 16 pick i mean we took on kimball walker's contract to get that pick and then we're like okay well now we're just going to give it away for a future first round pick that we probably won't even get i mean <laughs> i don't know so, dude. sometimes they just they sometimes I'm like man these are genius moves we're going to stockpile all these picks and then we're going to trade them for some big names or trade them to move up to get somebody big. And then it's like, we just throw them away. I don't see. I I think the thunder are idiots when it comes to the draft and the Hornets are idiots when it comes to free agency. So, you know, that, 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 I, I, I don't disagree with that, man. If only like (laughs) our teams would just like combine, like our ability to make trades and free agency with your team's ability to draft, like we'd have a super team. (laughs) (laughs) So overall, before we move on real quick overall grade for the thunder because i guess i'd probably give an a to the hornets but overall grade for the thunder uh i'm giving the thunder a c minus Ooh, ouch yeah i didn't like what we did with our later picks either i obviously even like their pick at 18 i felt like they reached uh and then you know the second round like who cares uh right (laughs) pretty much giving, giving away the 16th pick for probably nothing uh didn't like that and then giddy i thought you know there might have been one saving grace who they could have got but i'm okay i'm okay with that pick so that saves it from being like a d or an f but i can't give it a high grade so c minus all right so then moving on to the golden state warriors um another one of our winners so i mentioned that the hornets potentially had the best draft the golden state warriors potentially had the second best or even the best draft depending on who you ask um and the Warriors, they only had two picks, but boy, did they make use of those two picks. Um, you know, they went out and got Jonathan Kaminga, a versatile forward wing at number seven. You know, like I said, another person kind of similar to the Hornets with like, you know, LaMelo Ball needs, you know, people to pass to. You know, uh, Kaminga's a really good player to play next to guys like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. Um, and also... They had the fortune, I couldn't believe he fell this far, but they had the fortune to get Moses Moody at number 14 as well out of Arkansas. So this is going to be a very lethal backcourt. I mean, even when Steph and Clay are on the bench, like, you know, then you're going to come out and have Kaminga and Moody on the court. Um, 
you know, and also like I said, and when Andrew Wiggins is out there too, like the Warriors, if they can just find a way to, you know, possibly get maybe a little bit better production. I know obviously they got James Wiseman last year and he's still young and developing, but maybe if they can find a way to, you know, get another like big into their mix, the Warriors could be a really unstoppable team next year if they can put everything together. And if Clay Thompson can stay healthy, you know, obviously that's the big question mark, but I think that Moses Moody pick especially is really key for, you know, if Clay Thompson doesn't get healthy, because then they can potentially still have another playmaker next to Steph. Like, you know, he's not going to live up to Clay Thompson's, you know, how well Clay Thompson plays in his first season or anything, but, you know, at least gives the defense something else to think about so that maybe just maybe Steph Curry doesn't have to do everything by himself. Um, Cause I mean, we saw how deadly they were with him doing everything by himself. You know, they almost made the playoffs. Um, you know, they were able to almost beat the Lakers and then um, they were somewhat surprisingly, didn't they lose to the Pacers? I don't know why I'm forgetting this, but didn't they lose to the, not the Pacers. Who is the other team in the West? Um, why am I forgetting the, this? The Grizzlies? Yeah, they, they, they lost to the Grizzlies, surprisingly. That was it. So, yeah, I was like, you, you, were talking, you, you went to the Pacers, and I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, yeah, no, I was, like, the Pacers, I was like, the Pacers aren't in the West. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, so they, um, yeah, they lost to the Grizzlies, surprisingly. So definitely, you know, the Warriors, they went out and got depth, which is really what they needed. So, um, you know, this team, it scares me a little bit, you know. I know last year I was kind of like still kind of lower on them. I had them finishing third in the division just because, you know, I wasn't so sure about Clay, and, you know, I wasn't so sure that Steph could carry the team. And, you know, for all the hype that Draymond Green gets and him getting put on Team USA, he's a bum. So How does he he still get hype? I don't get it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know how he made Team USA. Like, But then again, they also brought Kevin Love originally, so that just shows you how smart the people are making our team. So, um, (laughs) But yeah, so Warriors definitely winners of the draft. So now we'll move on and discuss Zach's favorite team, or well, one of his favorite teams, um, the Orlando Magic, make a spot on our winners list. Yeah, I mean, this this one's pretty easy. Uh, Jalen Suggs. <laughs> do, I, do, I, do I need to say anything else? I mean... Mic drop. I, yeah, I mean, I will say I didn't... Their eighth overall pick they got, uh, Franz Wagner, if I'm saying that right. Uh, like, I was okay with that pick for the Magic. I didn't love it. I don't think uh, from the vibe I got uh, from what Zach said, he didn't really like the pick either. Uh, He probably dislikes it more than I do. But, I mean, when you get a guy that initially like going into the college season last year was, you know, really projected to be like a top two overall pick and then, you know, yeah, he slid down a couple spots in the rankings and everything, but still when you get a guy with this like clutch factor that he has and you get that talent at the fifth overall pick i mean that that's a dub right there uh, i'm a big fan of jalen Suggs as well i was praying for like some miracle to jesus <laughs> that the magic would be dumb and not take him so that my thunder could get him but obviously like i knew that wasn't going to happen and i, I they're not happy. the Ra- they're not the toronto raptors <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i don't know what they were thinking because really like Barnes seems more of like a project as whereas like Suggs I think is ready like that like Barnes could be really good but I see him as more of a prospect project right now and that's surprising because I know Toronto is still trying to compete to like 
win now. So I'm really surprised, especially yeah, because they still Lowry have two. I right, sure but like they still have Van Vliet and Siakam, and they just brought Gary Trent Jr. back. So like, you know, yeah, like they're they're still trying to to win, and especially with Kyle Lowry leaving, I'm really shocked they didn't take Jalen Suggs. But I know. Zach is super ecstatic about it, and I don't blame him. Uh, I am happy for Zach because, uh, like the Thunder, like the Magic have been struggling, and they're ob- with all the veterans they got rid of before the trade deadline. They're obviously in a rebuild, just like my my team is. So I'm happy for him that his team got a good piece to start that rebuild with. And so, if you're a Magic fan, you've got to be ecstatic about that. Yep. So now we're going to move on to a few things that teams who might not be exactly as ecstatic um starting with the san antonio spurs here really probably one of the head scratcher moves of the draft like i know when the grizzlies took zaire williams that was definitely like a kind of like a little bit of a head scratcher but i know the people on espn when i was watching they were still like really hyping up zaire williams and i know which was kind of funny both eric and i mentioned this that we both thought that um, when they announced his name, that they said Zion Williamson because yeah, it was because it, really it was originally the Pelicans' pick too. So we were like Zion Williamson. What? I was like, wait, but, are they showing a flashback or something? <laughs> right. So, um, but at least from what I've heard about him, he has like they keep saying that he's got upside. So I don't know. That's why I chose to include the Spurs instead of the Grizzlies, just because the Spurs they, in my opinion, really reached with getting Joshua Primo. At that spot. I mean, it was so funny. I could even hear in the voices of it was kind of like when the Las Vegas Raiders make their draft picks in the NFL and the oh. and, and and the analysts are all like, wait, what? <laughs> like they took who? Uh-huh. And that was <laughs> and that was kind of like what I was seeing with the Spurs, like especially when, you know, you still had guys like book. Well, not book night, but you had like Sengen and Corey Kispert and Keon Johnson were all still available. Like, I think Sengen especially would have really helped this Spurs team. Like, they really need a big man in San Antonio. That was, like, one of their biggest needs. And then you go out and grab Joshua Primo, who, you know, you mentioned Scotty Barnes being a project. Like, Joshua Primo is definitely a project. Like, he's not ready to be a starter right now. So the San Antonio Spurs definitely wasted that pick. Um, I'm not too sure about what they did later in the draft i mean i think they didn't have any other first round picks they really only had second round yeah, picks. I mean, so. so nothing really i mean i can confirm that but really nothing else that of note to talk about for them just because just a major reach by them and especially the spurs you know they're coming off being that 10 seed in the west um you know missing out on the playoffs missing out on the play-in um you know they got pretty well destroyed by the Grizzlies in that game, you know, the nine versus 10 game. So the Spurs are definitely on a downward trend. Um, You know, it's amazing to me in some ways that they still have, um, that they still probably have this little bit of hype around them. Like, Oh, you know, maybe it's still the Spurs. Like, you know, they still can do it. And the fact that Popovich is still the coach, like he just needs to retire. I mean, like yeah, at this point, I, I, I hate to say that too, but I agree. Yeah, and it was kind of like when I was telling, you know, we were talking about Team USA earlier. Like, I really wish they would have made Steve Kerr the head coach instead of making Pop the head coach. Like, I think Steve Kerr would be doing a much better job than Pop is doing right now. Like, you know, obviously USA basketball still has a chance to win, but they're definitely not the team they have been in the past. And I think it would have been different with Steve Kerr, but not looking good for the San Antonio Spurs. 
Um, but also a very strange draft night for the New York Knicks. Um, despite them looking like potential winners here in free agency, uh, losers on draft night. Yeah, I my main thing with the Knicks is just it was just like all night they just kept trading back and trading back and trading back and I don't really know why you would do that because this I, I could understand it if this was a draft class that was expected to not be very good other than the first few picks or something like you know like if there's nobody kind of like last year (laughs) yeah if if there's just not anybody you're because i think their first pick was initially a pick 21 or something like that you know so i could understand if it was a thin draft class and by pick 21 there just wasn't anybody there that you felt like could contribute to the team or something but this was considered by many people to be a very loaded draft class with depth all the way down the board so when you when you're in a I think that's another reason why I was mad at the Thunder too for trading away that 16th pick. But when it's a draft class like this, like you need to make some picks. I mean, honestly, with the, especially with the Knicks too, like trying to get into the contending picture again. I mean, they did finish, you know, pretty high in the Eastern Conference last year, and they're looking to build on that. Like Connor said, like we'll probably get into in the free agency stuff, but. You know, they have made some moves in free agency now. Like They're obviously looking to contend. I'm surprised they didn't try to make a package and move up some and maybe get up into, like, the tail end of the lottery or something. I was surprised. As a, usually when teams trade back like that, it's a team that's rebuilding, like, the Thunder or something or what, like, the Browns used to do in the NFL all the time. Uh, they used to or a, do team, that or a team that like is or a team that's already stacked like kind of like you know if they were like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the NBA yeah, right yeah yeah maybe like a yeah maybe a Lakers team or something like that or the Nets but, yeah but when you're a team that's you know kind of in the middle like maybe like a above like top like 12 to 15 team and you're trying to out of 30 and you're trying to make that push to get to the next level like why are you trading back so much I, I just didn't I just didn't really understand that, but that's really, I guess, all I have to say about the Knicks. Like, I just, I just didn't understand their draft at all with all the trading back. Yeah, I know that was another thing that the analysts were definitely scratching their heads on. They were like, they don't understand. You know, this team is. I mean, I guess the Knicks feel like they have enough like young pieces on their team, but I mean, you know, they're still. I don't know. I guess they're trying to go for that mix of depth or not depth youth and veterans. Cause I mean, with some of their, like I said, we're going to get into free agents and in a little bit with some of their free agent signings. It's like, you know, they're signing these older players and it's like, you know, almost, I feel like I'd want to have more, at least another young player um, to put in there, you know, someone, like you said, this loaded draft class, but I don't know. So head scratching moves. I'm glad they traded their pick to the Hornets though. Cause that meant we got Kai Jones. So thank you for that. New York Knicks. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Connor, thanks uh, you. Yeah, I do. That's very rare. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I'm going to move on and talk about now the next loser of the draft was, in my opinion, just for all of, you know, probably the majority of the public, you know, watching the NBA draft on television, it's just become, I don't know, it's become, you know, we thought that the NFL draft was kind of getting bad on TV. Like the NBA draft is twice as worse on TV now. I don't know. It's just almost becoming unwatchable. Like, one of the things that was happening the other night with the draft, like, basically, 
thankfully I was smart enough to stay off of Twitter, but Woj was spoiling pretty much every single pick before they happened. And it wasn't even like, you know, Oh, right before the, because you know, this happens too in the NFL, like right before the pick happens, like, you know, they'll be like, Oh, someone, so-and-so drafted this person, but that'll be like 30, 30 to 60 seconds before the pick happens. So it's not like, you know, super spoilish or anything, but he would like, even before the team was on the clock or like right after they went on the clock, he would be like, Oh, you know, the, um, Orlando, I mean, this was obvious, but like, you know, the Orlando magic are taking Jalen Suggs here or like, you know, Oh, the golden state warriors are taking Moses Moody here and the warriors still have like five minutes on the clock. And it's like, okay, well, what's the point of me even watching this on TV? If I can just, you know, have my Twitter set to notify me every time Woj makes a tweet and I'm like, Oh, okay. I know who this team's drafting. So there was, that was obviously a big problem. And then just the, you know, we've talked about this before that just the way that the trades work in the NBA draft like, I appreciate that they tried to fix it a little bit on TV where, like, especially, I mean, I can use the example of the number 19 pick with the Knicks and Hornets. Like, you know, the Knicks traded it to the Hornets. And even though the commissioner, you know, he still came out and said it was the Knicks pick and everything. But at least on TV, you know, they had like a little tiny, little tiny graphic that said, like, proposed trade to the Hornets. It was very small. It wasn't, you know, big and obvious like the NFL always does it. Um, but at least they tried, but it was also bad for the people that were there because, you know, the people that were there who were Knicks fans, you know, they announced the pick that, oh, you know, this was more so the case when, uh, with Keon Johnson at number 21, which the Knicks also traded that pick, you know, talking about the Knicks trading back to the Clippers and Adam Silver comes out and he's like, oh, the New York Knicks take, uh, Keon Johnson at number 21 and all the Knicks fans are like super excited. Like, yeah, we're getting Keon Johnson. And it's like, little do you know, this pick's been traded to the Clippers. Like, like but yeah, the, you, you, you ain't getting him. Right. So, <laughs> but like, you know, you don't know that because the NBA hasn't announced that. So, you know, just bad for television, bad for people there. Like it was only really good for people on Twitter who, you know, almost couldn't watch the draft just because, you know, they were getting the constant updates. So, I don't know. It's something that I'm starting to question, you know, as the years go on, like, do I actually want to sit down and watch this or not? I mean, did you get that same feeling, Eric? Yeah. One, something I'm going to add too that I didn't think to mention, like when we were planning the episode, but another L with the NBA draft on TV was the commentators were <laughs> God awful, dude. It's like for, I don't know what was happening that they thought was so funny, but I mean, they were laughing like every 30 seconds, and they had the creepiest laugh. I put out a tweet about it, but like I didn't get any response other than you know clutch group sports people. But I, I was I thought maybe that would get some attention. But I mean, I swear to you, it was so annoying to be like, "Yo, this kid did this," like <laughs> like a Kawhi Leonard laugh. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the Kawhi laugh. But I will say, a lot of it sounded fake and forced. Like it didn't sound like like a generic laugh or it didn't sound like a, uh, uh, like a real laugh, organic <laughs> laugh. It just sounded all generic and like robotic almost. It was kind of weird. Like 
they'd like say something and be like, ah, <laughs> like, that's what it sounded like, dude. It was so cool. It's kind of like, like, you know, like when you, you laughed go... at what you laughed at what I did, like that was a genuine laugh. But if it was them, they would have been like, oh, ah. it's like someone like, laughing at their own joke. Right. Yeah. It, you know, and I do that sometimes, like maybe a little bit, but it just, they would all like all four of them erupt in laughter and it sounded exactly the same. And it, just, it was so weird, dude. I just, I, <laughs> It's just, I don't know, man. I've never experienced anything like that. It was just really <laughs> bizarre, man. All right. So, but, but yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you're my main thing with the draft, too, is just like you said with the trades, they don't announce them. They, they like the Keon Johnson one, honestly, they actually didn't even announce that one until after it had happened. I was like, oh man, like, because as a Vols fan, you know, I was happy to see him get drafted. But I was like, dang, really? He went to the Knicks. And then, like, a few minutes later, well, actually, the trade was proposed to the Clippers, and I was like, "Well, how did they? How did that one come?" Oh, out I think so late? I think I think I remember. I think I told you that it was funny because you were like, "Oh, Keon Johnson finally got taken." I was like, "Actually, he's going to the Clippers," and you were like, "Yeah." What? <laughs> well, for some reason, like everything else, they were announcing it like five minutes early, but for some reason, that one they didn't get on TV right away. But I don't know. I just and then they got to walk up there and like put the hats on at the team that didn't isn't even actually really taking them. I'm like. It's stupid, dude. But I could we rant about this every year, so I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the the final loser of the NBA draft. Maybe not so much a loser in the draft, but a loser the day of the draft, and that would be the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I just I hate this trade for the Lakers. I mean, it, as a, as a Laker hater and I LeBron hater, I mean, I. Yeah, you know, I guess in my mind, I really should call it a dub for me, but I don't. <laughs> but in my opinion, this trade is not going to work out for the Lakers. So, like, unless you, if you're a basketball fan, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that the Lakers traded away three players of their team and their first round pick from the draft, and they acquired Russell Westbrook. But I just, my biggest problem with the trade for the Lakers is, first of all, they gave up a ton of depth. I mean, they already, their depth on this team was already kind of thin to begin with. Trash. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say trash. I mean, they, you know, they still like were a top team in the West last year until, uh, until Until AD got hurt. Until AD and LeBron went down and, you know, then they never could really get fully healthy again. But, like, they wouldn't have been the seventh seed if LeBron and AD stayed healthy. I mean, we all know that. But at the same time, their depth was already really not the greatest. And then now you trade it all away to get Russ. So they're banking on, first of all, they're already banking on the fact that all three of them are going to stay healthy, but Russ always sits out a lot of games uh, like on back-to-backs. He doesn't always play the back-to-backs. And then LeBron and AD have both had injury concerns over the last few seasons. So they're banking that all three of them are going to stay healthy. But my biggest problem with the trade for the Lakers is I just don't think Russell Westbrook and LeBron are going to mesh well together. I mean, we've already seen this problem happen with Russell Westbrook before when he was on the Rockets with James Harden. I mean, these were two guys that like to ball dominate. They both like to get their stats. They like to be the one to drive and then either get a layup or kick out for an assist or something. They both don't really like to play defense. They like to camp out in the low block and collect rebounds. I just, 
they're literally the same player, just Russell Westbrook is smaller. I mean, that's their in terms of their style. They're like their style. And maybe LeBron likes to pass like slightly more. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then and the, the problem is neither of them are great three point shooters. Uh, need, I've like I saw some people on Twitter saying, "Well, the Bucks just proved you could, you know, win a championship with a star player that can't really shoot threes, but." The difference is while the Bucks aren't necessarily an amazing three-point shooting team, they've still got people around you that can, you know, drain a three if you kick it out, you know, for an open shot, especially when they get DiVincenzo back. But with him and Middleton, you know, you had even as Drew much as Holiday, even as much as I can't stand them, PJ Tucker in the corner, like at least can do that, you know, like. But who on the Lakers really is going to be that three-point option? You know, for them, I, I just like Mark. Well, especially now that they traded away KCP, like he was one of their one of their best. Yeah. They, yeah. And then Caruso's leaving now, which I mean, is, you know, he's not the greatest player, obviously, but he's a you know decent three point shooter that's gone now. I mean, I just the problem is when you got two guys that like to ball dominate like that, it usually does not work. And that that's my concern with them. Like. I, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, like a lot of Lakers fans that think this is the greatest thing ever. And then I've seen other people that complain saying that, oh, the Lakers are a super team now. And I don't know. I don't know if I see them as a super team. I mean, I don't I, even though they got the three big stars, like, do you feel like this is a super team, Connor? Or like, what do you what do you think? No, Russell Westbrook does not. I mean, how are they going to how are him and LeBron going to fight over the triple doubles, man? Like someone's going to have to get the triple double. Like, we'll see what, what they're going to do is game one. LeBron will get the triple double. And then game two, Russell Westbrook will get the triple double. And then on a back to back, whichever game Russ plays, he'll get the triple double. And whichever game he sits, LeBron will get the triple. double. <laughs> That's how they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this was I think. You know, Zach even chimed in on this too. Like we, all three of us think this made the Lakers worse going after Russell Westbrook because, like you said, these two players like they just don't mesh well. I mean, really, and honestly, we were talking about you know um, where we would rank these teams, you know, for favorites for the championship last year, and obviously we all said the Nets number one because the Nets that's a super team like Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, like that's a super team. And then, but honestly, now. Like, I had the Lakers at number two. I'd probably move at least the Bucks ahead of the Lakers at this point. Like, the Bucks are, you know, much better in much better shape than the Lakers are now, in my opinion. And I don't know, man. Like, maybe, you know, if Kawhi does come back to the Clippers, like, if the Clippers can make a few moves, you know, maybe I can move them above the Lakers. I could maybe move the Suns ahead of the Lakers now that CP3 is coming back. Like, I know we'll get to that, too. But, like, you know, he definitely, in my opinion, still at least has one more good year in him. So, you know, yeah, I think the, the Suns Warriors are getting Clay Thompson. Right, and the Warriors Clay. are getting if Clay Thompson can stay healthy, I think the Warriors like the Lakers are falling down my board after making this trade cuz like you said, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James just aren't going to mesh well together at all. You know, it's it's a recipe for disaster and honestly, I'm happy that it's both of them like you said cuz I don't like either of them. Yeah. I'm just shocked the Lakers didn't learn anything from this because they already kind of dealt with this on like the miniature level with uh, Dennis Schroeder last year. While he's not like a triple-double guy like Russ is, I mean, he's a true point guard that wants to be a starter, but LeBron likes to play point guard. So right. when got even though he's even, 
yeah, even though he's, he's supposed to be small forward. <laughs> yeah, he's not the traditional size of a point guard, obviously, but he likes to play the point guard position basically on offense. So when you got two point guards out there, it just it need when neither one of them can truly get into a rhythm, it just doesn't work. I mean, what well, what I think what would have made more sense for the Lakers would have been to trade for Buddy Heald instead, because obviously on a level of numbers and production and stuff, he's not as good as Russ, but he would be a much better fit on that team. He's a great three-point shooter. He can he can stand out there and give LeBron space, and then if LeBron gets crowded in the paint, he can kick it out to Buddy Heald, knowing there's a great chance that that three-point shot's going to go in. He's not going to be able to do that with Russ. And they right. would have had to give up way less to get him. They would have probably, they could have kept at least one or two of their other guys probably to get him. Yeah, I think like the proposed trade for Heald was like Harrell and like a pick, and that was it. Instead of like Harrell, KCP, and like two picks. Russ. Yeah, and Kuzma. Yeah, and, and Kuzma. And Kuzma right. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, even when you talk about the point guard thing, like having two point guards, it it can work if there are different styles of point guards. Because that's why, you know, it's honestly like why the Hornets were able to make it work, in my opinion, with like LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier. Like Rozier is definitely more of like a scoring point guard, whereas Ball, like he can score, don't get me wrong. But like he's definitely a pass first a facilitator. Yeah, he's a facilitator. Rozier is a scorer. So, like, if you can have two guys like that out there, then I think it can work. But like you said, Russ and LeBron are pretty much the same player. Like, they're the the stat – what am I trying to say here? Stat grabbers? Stat, stat patterns. Stat yeah, grabber, stat yeah. patterns. Like, they're both stat patterns. You know, who's going to grab that meaningless rebound now? Like, they're going to be fighting over the meaningless rebounds. So Yeah, I don't know, man. I just <laughs> – I, I think it's bad. And I do know some Lakers fans that agree with me, actually. So like, I, I know I'm at least, uh, you know, we're, we're at least not alone. There are some Lakers fans, too, that uh, that that agree with us on this. So, yeah. All right. So then that's all for the draft winners and losers. Now we're going to move on to free agency. Um, actually, it's funny. I, I should have been. I haven't been thinking about this, but I haven't seen if there's any more moves that have uh, happened since. Uh, for you while you, uh, yeah. I so for you while you're uh, presenting the next area here. <laughs> so basically, what we have here is uh, actually nothing has happened. Thankfully, it's just basically Blake Griffin going back to the Nets is the biggest. Whoa! thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Oddly enough, this was supposed to be kind of my like, you know, when I saw that both of these guys were going to be declining their player options, like this was going to be my, I don't know, interesting slide with, you know, the two big name free agents, Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul. And it's still interesting in a way, but not as interesting as I would have hoped for, because as you. Oh, Connor. Hello. I don't know if I'm going out or if you're going out. <laughs> oh. Nope. What? Uh, okay. I, I, man, I lost you for like a good minute there. Uh-oh. <laughs> what were like, you talking about? <laughs> edit that audio. Well, you were you were talking about uh, Kawhi and CP3, like 
declining the player options and all that and oh. then i just like lost you like oh. after that so but I, okay I, so I, yeah sound good now but yeah anyway so they were you know declining the player options you know possibly wanting to take you know um longer term deals now with Kawhi, even though all the news has come out and said that you know he wants to like you know he's doing this to work out a long-term deal with the clippers we don't know with Kawhi leonard you know we i don't know if anyone really expected him to leave the spurs back when he did that and also you know with toronto like there was still you know there was like the rumors that he wanted to go to the lakers but there was also a lot of rumors saying he wanted to go back to toronto he just wanted a longer term deal and then he pulled you know zach saw this coming obviously somehow but you know he, then he, he has pulled that a, close tie with Uncle Dennis or something. Somehow. Right, but then he pulled a fast <laughs> one and went to the Clippers and managed to bring Paul George with him. Which we didn't see that coming either. So if Kawhi Leonard were to... I mean, obviously there's been a lot of free agent moves already that we're going to get to in a little bit here. But if Kawhi Leonard were to test the free agent market and not go back to the Clippers, where do you think he would go, potentially? See, I've been thinking about it and... The only team that I had heard of that might have been on his radar other than the Clippers would have been the Miami Heat. But they already brought back Duncan Robinson on a ridiculous deal. And now now they brought in Kyle Lowry. They also just gave Jimmy Butler the max, too, or something like that. Also, like they extended him. They 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 can't afford Kawhi now (laughs) (laughs) if they were going to get him. And obviously the Lakers. Like, if you wanted to stay in L.A. but go to the Lakers for, like, what was rumored as last time in free agency, I mean, they uh, obviously have LeBron and AD, and then now they traded for Russ, so there's no way they can afford him. So I don't really know what other team he could go to, because obviously he wants to win, but obviously, like, the Nets can't afford him, the Bucks can't afford him. He probably, like, I don't, even if he wanted to go back to Toronto or something, like, they can't afford him. Like, seems like he's kind of stuck. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty. I think he's pretty much stuck with LA, whether he wants it or not. At this point, I mean, maybe Dallas, but I don't think I don't really think he would want to go there. But uh, yeah, I agree. That's probably the only place like maybe that could afford him because they're the only ones like they brought back Hardaway, but they haven't made any like big splashes yet. So the only other one I could think of that i mean they've made some moves but the only other team i could think of that maybe could still afford them that would be big market is like the knicks yeah because they have all that cap space yeah they've got a ton of cap space and then obviously a team with a lot of cap space like the thunder hornets or rockets like he's not going to go to a team like that you know that's not a you know contender to win the championship right away so I don't know. I mean, I think he's stuck with the Clippers, but is there, I mean, is there anywhere you can think of he might go differently than me? No, I think you probably hit on the teams. Yeah, I think honestly, I mean, obviously we don't know what's going through his head, but if he wanted to test the free agent market, I think he made a huge mistake by waiting until like six o'clock on the last day of the deadline to decline his option. Because even though technically today was like the first day that, you know, teams could communicate with free agents like we all know they've been doing it for days now like they've all been you can't you can't tell me that somebody like they were supposed to not start negotiating until 6 p.m eastern time 
but at 603 there's already a deal getting done like okay yeah, there's, there's already like yeah there's already like five deals that are getting done, yeah so. there there ain't no way <laughs> all right so yeah he definitely you know if he wanted to look outside of la he definitely made a huge mistake by waiting that long to because i remember i remember like norman powell and Will Barton and a couple others, like they declined their player options like a couple weeks before the deadline. Like I didn't even see that until I finally researched it, but it was something like, yeah, like Norman Powell declined his player option like two weeks ago. So if, you know, Kawhi should have done that if he wanted to look outside, because then that would have changed the whole mindset of everything. You know, everyone would have thought like, you know, oh, like, you know, maybe it's like with the Knicks, for example, like, oh, we're looking at, you know, Evan Fournier or we're looking at DeMar DeRozan. But like as soon as Kawhi like declines that option, if it's like even a couple days before free agency and then they're like, whoa, hold on, like stop everything. Now we have to reassess. But doing it like that late, I'm sure the Knicks probably already worked out what they were going to do. And then it's just kind of like, oh, well, like. Right, and same with the Heat. Like you said, I mean, we were already hearing, like, Kyle Lowry rumors and stuff like that beforehand. So it's like, okay, well, yay, Kawhi declined, but I've already got my plan in place. So I can't just go back on everything I've already done. So, yeah, I agree. I think he will be going back to the Clippers now. There's not much else placed for him. But then the other big-name free agent, Chris Paul, obviously he just signed – a four-year, $120 million contract with the Phoenix Suns. Now, we discussed this last week on the podcast, how we all thought this would be a bad idea. Like, we all basically said that, you know, originally the original rumors were a three-year, $90 million deal. We thought that was still too long. I know, like, you know, we talked about having, like, a two-year deal maybe for him would be um, appropriate, but a four-year deal now from the Phoenix Suns, I mean what is this going to be like for the Suns? Like, you know, obviously I think, I guess I'll give my opinion. I think it's good for them in the short term, obviously. Like I think Chris Paul does have one or two more good years left in him, but they're going to be screwed like three or four years from now when, you know, inevitably he's going to regress. I mean, he's already started regressing and he's going to regress more as he gets into his late thirties. And now they're going to be stuck with this player that, you know, is making $30 million a year and no one's going to want him because he's old and washed up and I mean, who's going to pay for that. So I really don't like this move by the Suns. I think, you know, if Chris Paul wanted to get a four year deal, he should have gotten it from somewhere else. I mean, especially with all the young pieces that the Phoenix Suns have, like, you know, they really have, we're looking like they have a bright future ahead of them. This derails that quite a bit for me, in my opinion, it's like, it really hurts their chances of being able to bring in, you know, other pieces, you know, maybe two or three years from now when Chris Paul is not as good. Um, but what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I, I, I think you're pretty spot on with this. Like, I mean, and it, it even hurts them kind of in the short term now because obviously they're going to have to re-sign DeAndre Aiden. And by the time he has a big deal, Booker has a big deal, and then Chris Paul has a $30 million deal, they're, they're not going to be able to afford to bring in anybody else except for like, mid-level exceptions or whatever i mean so if they want to get like if they're looking to get that like one extra piece to maybe make them a title contender even now they still can't do that but but i agree with you i mean i would have been okay with it being like a two-year deal but i think this is just absolutely absurd and i know a lot of people are i mean honestly some of the other contracts that have already been given out 
are worse than this, in my opinion. But this one's just bad because of his age, because it was already hard for teams to trade him before with that massive contract that he had. But it's going to be, even though this is a lower number, it's still going to be if like in two years at the end of the second year of the deal, if he's just playing, like if he just regresses so bad to where he can't even be a starter anymore, he's coming off the bench or something like that, or, you know, maybe he's starting, but he's not really producing anything. Who's going to take their, take on a two year, $60 million deal in a trade. I mean, like if I was a team, in that situation, I'd be like, look, if you're going to give me Chris Paul and I'm going to take on this contract, then you got to give me Devin Booker too or something. Like, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I need some compensation for my taking this yeah, contract I, off I'm, not, I'm not just taking this contract on for nothing or, you know, or like do like the Thunder might do and take like four future first round picks from them, which also. Right. Or like, you know, maybe take like, Mikhail Bridges or someone like that from them, you know. I would, yeah, I would need more than that. But I mean, <laughs> I just don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't think this is a good move. Like even three years, I thought was a lot. Four years is worse. Yeah. So moving on with the free agents now, a fair amount of these we are just going to kind of speed through because there's not too much to talk about them. Um, you know, you can see um, Mike Conley. We already all got right him going to the Utah Jazz. You know, we all knew he was going to resign. Um, his contract's not terrible. I think it's a little bit high, also kind of given his age, but not terrible. John Collins. Restricted free agent for the Hawks. Um, you know, sounds like they're really far away from a deal, but the Hawks really hold all the leveraging power with John Collins because he is a restricted free agent. So, um, you know, I've heard that they're probably going to try and offer him the max most likely. But, you know, even if another team comes along and gives him an offer, the Hawks are just going to match that. Um, they're not letting him go. We've already talked about how Lowry went to the Miami Heat. Um, you know, he got an absurdly large contract oh, i don't know God, why dude. <laughs> why the miami heat decided to do that lonzo ball ended up going to chicago this was one of the first rumors that i had been hearing hearing i remember there was some talk that he was going to go to the celtics originally um but then he became part of a sign-in trade with the chicago bulls so i don't know how do you think lonzo ball is going to fit in in chicago i'm not sure because he also i mean this is a trend getting big contracts um like i don't know if He's going to fit with, I mean, I'm sure he'll fit with Zach Levine, but like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a step in the right direction for the Bulls and their rebuild, giving him this big contract when, in my opinion, he hasn't really shown to be that great of a player. Yeah, he, this is just like another example I talk about with these like average role players getting these insane contracts like this. I mean, it's just crazy. Like Lonzo Ball's not terrible but is he really worth didn't he get like four years 80 million or something like yeah, that Yeah, something like That's he's crazy. he's gonna be averaging somewhere like upwards of 20 million a year i mean my god dude like i swear like harrison barnes started all this when he walked into the <laughs> king's front office and got that like four year 88 million dollar deal like it's just like i know the salary cap is pretty high and everything but like good lord well, you got man. the luxury tax too like yeah that's the one that's the one thing about the nba that i know is like comparing it to the nhl especially like the nhl has a very hard cap like you cannot go over that cap like and it's yeah. kind of it's the situation that the hurricanes are in right now this year like we're having to make exceptions for a lot of players we had last year and let some of them go because you know that cap is rock solid but in the nba it's like you know the cap doesn't exist like 
it really at all. Doesn't. I mean, because even if you're over the cap, if you if it's a guy already on your team, you can re-sign him and go over the cap into the luxury tax, or you can use a mid-level exception. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I will say I do think he's a good fit for the Bulls, though, because he's going to bring better defense on the perimeter. Because Zach Levine's a just scorer, basically, he doesn't really contribute yeah. much on defense. So Alonzo Ball will help make the defense better. So I like I I like the I think the fit is good. I just don't I think the contract is terrible, but I I do think the fit is good. The Bulls just seem to really be like going for it, even though they, I mean they probably should be more so rebuilding. But I guess they're trying to keep Levine happy, and they brought in Vucevic last year and gave up their first round pick to get him, and now they've brought in uh, Lonzo Ball. Uh, so like they're going for it is i guess what i is my guess as to what they're trying to do but bad contract though (laughs) so then we have probably the biggest name free agent left who has an unpredictable future because you know like we said seems like Kawhi is going to end up back with the clippers john collins is almost certain to end up back with the hawks so that leaves us with demar Derozan of the san antonio spurs um you know, he is getting up there in age, 32 years old, but he's still, you know, he was the best player on the Spurs. He can still be a quality piece on a team. Now, this was one of the players that all three of us had him going to different locations. I have him going to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Eric has him going to the Lakers, and Zach has him going to the Pelicans. Now, I had heard the rumors about him going to the Lakers because he wants to, I mean, kind of like Kawhi, he wanted to go back to L.A. where he's from. But I just don't know, like, how the Lakers, I mean, I'm sure they can find some way to afford him in some fashion. But everything that I was reading about it, though, still was saying that if he was going to go back to the Lakers, or not back, go to the Lakers, he would have to take a massive pay cut, which I don't think he wants to do, especially given his age. So that's why I have him going to the Mavericks. I think, you know... You know, we talked about the Mavericks as being a potential place for Kawhi. I think the Mavericks could certainly afford DeMar DeRozan. I'm sure it would make Luka Doncic happy. It would probably, you know, put them in a better position to go forward and potentially contend for a championship this year. Um, but why do you think that he's going to – How the? why do you think the Lakers are going to be able to work out a deal with him? I just got a really bad feeling about this, dude. I – <laughs> the, the Lakers have their mid-level exception available. And obviously, I mean, you're right. The only way they can get him is if he takes a huge pay cut. And, but I don't, I don't think he's going to do this like long-term or anything. The re, if, if he goes to the Lakers, it's going to be solely to go there for one year, try to do everything possible to get a ring. And then next year he'll chase the money. Like I, I don't see this as being like, Oh, he's going to sign there for like, three or four years or something like that. I, I, I think it'll be a rental to help the Lakers get a championship. And I've seen stuff saying, oh, well, because of the Lakers getting rushed, they can't bring him in now. But I haven't really seen anything that says, oh, DeMar DeRozan for sure doesn't want to go there or, oh, the Lakers for sure don't want to bring him in. I haven't seen anything like that. Because like Connor already mentioned, he loves L.A. He's, he's from there. He's interested in going back there. And then also not only that, this guy, for whatever reason, just like loves LeBron James. Like even back when <laughs> him and the, Doris Burke should get together. Yeah, even back when um, he was on the Raptors and LeBron was on the Cavs and the Cavs were sweeping the Raptors every year. Like 
DeRozan would still like praise LeBron and say how great he was. I'm like, I'm like, bro, you want to give respect, you know, even when you lose, but like, come on, man. Like you're like just sucking up to this guy. Like you're supposed to be like trying to compete and give it your to beat him. But you're like, Oh, he's just amazing. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he really wants to play with LeBron, even if it's just for a year. Like that's, I I'm hopeful it doesn't happen. I, I, <laughs> I hate when there's these like teams that, you know, get a lot of star players and then a bunch of like older veteran guys come in for like minimum wage and just to be on the team to try to get a ring. And it makes the team, you know, even better than it already is. Like, cause right. we talked about like the potential fit issues with Russ and LeBron and everything. But I mean, if they get a guy like DeMar DeRozan in there who you know, can also get you buckets, then that kind of, it doesn't, like permanently fix the problem but it makes life a lot easier you know so yeah oh yeah, yeah. I, I i really do not want demar Derozan to go there i hope he you know wisens up and gets his money while he can with a different team or tries to go to a different you know a different contender to maybe get over the hump or something like that like just like just don't go to the lakers bro like just <laughs> just don't do it but i don't know why man i just when i was researching it you know i saw like the Mavericks and Pelicans, maybe like you and Zach put, but I just, when I wasn't seeing anything disputing that he for sure wasn't going to go to the Lakers. I'm like, I just got a bad feeling. It's going to be the Lakers, man, but hopefully <laughs> I'm wrong. I, I, I will not mind if I get this one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then moving on here. So Jared Allen, um, he signed an extension with the Cleveland Cavaliers. We, Eric mentioned how the heat massively overpaid Duncan Robinson, um, Tim Hardaway, Resigned with the Mavericks now. Probably the only real intriguing thing on this list, I'll keep it quick, is Dennis Schroeder. Um, you know, all three of us had him going to the Knicks, but the Knicks they re-signed Derrick Rose. They brought in Evan Fournier. Um, there's some other move that they made that is actually on here somewhere that I oh that they brought back Nerlens Noel too. That's right, they brought back Nerlens Noel. I don't know. The Knicks have been making moves, and. So basically, it's going to be interesting to see if they can afford him or not. Um, I think they still can. They have a lot of cap space. Um, honestly, for Schroeder, it's going to be interesting for me. If he doesn't end up going to the Knicks, then I'm not sure where he's going to go. Like, I'm not, well, I'm not sure he's going to be able to go to a contender. Like, he can probably, I'm sure he can go somewhere, but going to a contender is going to be really difficult for him if the Knicks aren't able to afford him because I'm sure I know I'm sure he doesn't want to go back to the Lakers um the Clippers probably won't be able to I mean the Clippers could maybe afford him I don't know um potentially but also they're probably going to be giving Kawhi a massive extension so um it's going to be interesting to see for him what happens if the Knicks cannot afford him because obviously the Heat already got their point guard with Kyle Lowry you know, the Mavericks need a guy like DeMar DeRozan. They don't need a guy like Dennis Schroeder. They've already got Luka Doncic. They don't need him. So, um, and then obviously I have Oladipo on here. He's a question mark for sure. Um, not an interesting question mark, but more so just a question mark on where he's going to go. A um, couple guys here, like I said, Fournier went to the Knicks. Gary Trent Jr. went to the Raptors. I guess the biggest question on here really is Spencer Dinwiddie. We all have him going to the Wizards. And... Basically, everything I've been seeing about him is like that the Nets are going to try and work a sign in trade with the Wizards to send him there. So I don't know. What do you think they could possibly get in response for Spencer Dinwiddie? I'm like, do you think they could potentially get a first round pick or like, I don't know. 
what sort of players. I mean, obviously they're not going to get Bradley Beal or anything for him, but you know, what kind of, what what I've, what I've heard is that they might want to, they might get one of the guys that the wizards acquired when they gave up Russ, like whether it's uh, like Kuzma Kuzma or something. Uh, that's what I've been hearing. But I mean, if I was the Nets, I wouldn't really want to do that, but (laughs) I'd rather, I'd rather get, I'd rather get draft picks than like, right. You know, any of those guys, but I mean, not that the Nets need draft picks with the talent they already have on the team, but you know, if you want to like look to the future, like if they get draft picks then they could use the draft picks to try to bring in somebody or something, you know, for another trade down the road. But um, I don't know. And but I just want to touch on Dennis Schroeder real quick, too. Um, kind of like how you said Kawhi made the mistake with waiting so long to, like, decline his player option and everything. I think Dennis Schroeder made a mistake going out and saying that he wants, like, a four-year, $120 million deal or whatever it was, like, when he turned down the offer that the Lakers offered him last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think he really put himself in a corner there because – as as much as I like the guy, he's not worth that. And all these other teams know it. And he's trying to go out and get that. But now the problem is all these teams, since they're like balking at that offer and not willing to give him that, they're like you said with uh, how other teams were making their plans, like all these other teams have made all these plans and brought in these other guys. Well, now where's Schroeder going to go? You know what I mean? Like he's right. probably going to have to take a... I mean, if he doesn't get a long-term deal, he's probably going to have to take like a prove-it deal type of a thing or something, which I'm sure he's already been making less money than a lot of these other, you know, players at his level are getting. So he probably really doesn't want to do that. But if he really wants to get a big contract like that, he's probably going to have to take a prove-it type of deal and show that he can really earn it. But so I think he negotiated himself into a corner by turning down that deal from the Lakers last year and publicly saying he feels like he's worth like 100 to 120 million dollars i think that was pretty bad yeah so then on the next slide here uh moving on like i said derrick rose already signed with the knicks um there was some rumors that he was going to go back to the chicago bulls but um the knicks brought him back probably the biggest thing on this slide because we're kind of getting down to the not as important free agents um but Devonte graham now this is a guy who, you know, he was a restricted free agent for the Charlotte Hornets. He was pretty much supposed to be like the second best player on the team behind, um, like, I guess, well, I guess, no, never mind. He was supposed to be the best on the team. LaMelo Ball ended up being the best on the team, but Graham was supposed to be the guy. And I remember going into last season, I was like, oh man, now that we have Graham and Ball, like, we need to find a way to trade Cherry Rozier. And. You know, but Terry Rozier really stepped up last year. You know, he made me, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say he made me like the owl tattoo, but you know, he, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he made me a, a believer in him. So I'm glad that we stuck with him. Now we managed to work a sign and trade with the Pelicans. We traded away Graham and got a, the Pelicans first round pick next year. Now the problem with that is the first round pick we got is lottery protected. Now, you must, you know, the Pelicans are, I think they can do it. I definitely think they have the talent to get to the playoffs. But we saw this last year where we all thought they were going to make the playoffs and they screwed it up. So this could end up being a bad decision for the Hornets. I think uh, Devontae Graham, I know Zach actually had him going to the Jazz, which he would have fit really well with the Jazz had he gone there, being a perimeter-oriented player. 
Um, I definitely think he helps the Pelicans. He, you know, he can be that perimeter option, you know, if they're really focusing on Zion, you know, kind of like what Giannis has in Milwaukee. Like, you know, if he can kick it out to Middleton or kick it out to, um, you know, someone to knock down a three-pointer, like Graham will definitely do that for you. Um, it's just I'm questioning kind of the logic behind the Hornets going taking a lottery-protected pick. I'm not the biggest fan of that, just because, like I said, given how the Pelicans kind of collapsed last year, it makes me not as excited about it. Because if it was from a team like, you know, like the Clippers or, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a... Like the Jazz. Or, or, or well, the Jazz or, like, you know, someone like the Hawks or something that, like, you know, like a slightly you know, lower level, like not a top seeded team, but like a team we know is going to make the playoffs most likely, you know, someone like that, I would have been completely happy with like a lottery protected pick because, you know, I'm confident they're not going to, you know, that they'll, we'll get the pick. But in this one, I'm not as confident, which if we don't end up getting it, then I'm not, I'm really going to hate losing Devonte Graham. Cause I think he's still a really good talent. I think he was just bogged down by injuries last year. Um, but who knows? Time will only tell for Devonte Graham. But for hopefully sure. we made hopefully we made the right decision on that. Um, looking down here, I know the biggest thing for the Pelicans on here. We you know Doug McDermott went to the Spurs. Caruso went to the Bulls. Olenek went to the Pistons. Um, biggest thing on this slide for me is probably Josh Hart. Um, you know we all have him going back to the Pelicans. I think it's crucial that they bring Josh Hart back. Like they really need to. Um, solidify that team and, you know, really get those pieces together. Um, how crucial do you think it is for the Pelicans to bring Hart back? Yeah, I, I think he's a key piece going for him. And plus, you know, they traded for him as part of the deal when they gave away Anthony Davis and, you know, Lonzo Ball was somebody they got in that trade and they've already lost him now. And then if you lose Josh Hart too, it's like you're losing even more of those pieces that you got for AD. And then it's like, you know, if they keep losing these pieces and it's like, man, it's like you gave away AD for nothing, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, while, you know, Alonzo Ball is not my favorite player or anything. I mean, it's, you know, it still sucks, you know, for them to lose him. And then if they lose Josh Hart too, then it's like, dang, all they really have left would be like Brandon Ingram. So, uh, yeah, he, he's a, he can be a key piece for them going forward. So I, I think they should try to bring him back for sure. Yep, and then finally moving on to the last slide here. Well, technically not the last slide. On the last slide, we have Bobby Portis. He already re-signed with the Bucks. Um, I was maybe thinking he was going to go to the Jazz, but the Bucks brought him back, so I'm sure Bucks fans are happy. Um, but Nicholas Bum went back to the <laughs> LA Clippers, um, you know, and Will Barton re-signed with the Nuggets. Now Norman Powell. It's too bad I don't have Zach here to ask him how he feels about this because Norman Powell got a huge deal from the Portland Trailblazers. So I'd be interested to know Zach's opinion on what he thinks about that deal. Um, you know, I know Eric and I are not fans of it given how, I mean, I really don't think he's worth that seeing as how I remember when we were talking about him in 2019, when he was on the Raptors, he wasn't even like really the sixth man. He was more like the eighth or ninth man on that team. So I don't know. It's, you know, he's a good player and all, but he's not worth the contract he got. Yeah, um, I, I think he's improved and everything. I, I And I think he's a good fit for that Blazers team. But five years, $90 million? Like, <laughs> God! <laughs> it's so crazy. I mean, I saw, like, just real quick comparison here. Like, before we get to wrap this up, like, I saw that 
Nick Chubb of the Browns got like, I believe it was, I don't know if you saw this, Connor. So like, if you did, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was a three-year, $37 million uh, contract extension. Yeah. So a guy who is a key point of the Browns offense gets one of the best running backs in the league. Yeah. Top top five running back, like top 10 at minimum, but could even be considered a top five running back in the NFL. Gets three years, $37 million. Kelly Olenek just got a three-year, $37 million contract today. (laughs) Alex Caruso just got a four-year, either $36 or $37 million contract today. Norman Powell just got a five-year, $90 million deal. I mean, think about this stuff. Like, it's just... There, there's, there's top stars like in the NFL not making ninety million dollars. Like, I mean, <laughs> there's stupid Norman money Powell, in the NBA. Norman Powell is going to get ninety million guaranteed dollars. I mean, it's just like mind-boggling to me, dude. <laughs> I know it's crazy all the ridiculous money that's involved in the NBA. So before we wrap this up, I guess the one person I want to touch down really quickly is Andre Drummond here. Um, I have him going to the Celtics. Eric has him going to the Heat. Zach has him going to the Warriors. If there's one person left on this free agent list that I really hope the Charlotte Hornets try to go after, I really hope it's Andre Drummond for the right price. Now, I don't want him getting a Norman Powell type contract, like five years, 90 million, or a Gordon Hayward type contract, like five years, 120 million. I don't need any of any more of that in my life, Michael Jordan, please. Um, <laughs> but if we can get Andre Drummond for the right price, I really want the Hornets to go after him because he can be another big man. You know, he can be the starter while Kai Jones develops and just really have, you know, a board dominant big man because Kai Jones really isn't that. He's a mobile big man. He's an offensive threat big man. Drummond is a board dominant big man. We really need someone like that on the team. So Charlotte Hornets... Make it happen. Go get on, on guys for the right price. We have cap space. So, but that's going to wrap up this episode, guys. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you guys enjoyed. I try to do my best making an NBA episode. So hopefully it was uh, worthwhile to watch and exciting. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at clutch crew sport, subscribe to the YouTube channel and be on the lookout for new episodes every Tuesday. So that's yeah, it man. for now, guys. And as always for Zach, the clutch. Peace.